0: I can't wait for you to experience the magic of this beautiful gratitude journal for mothers. You're listening to 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms, episode 45, how to use humor as a coping tool in motherhood. Welcome to 3 in 30, a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30-minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. A few years ago on Mother's Day, I was sitting in church, trying to listen, trying to feel peaceful, which is very hard to do when you have young children at church. And Sally was climbing up on my back and on my head and Noah was at my feet playing with a car, making very loud noises, no matter how many times I shushed him. And the speaker was up there talking about his angelic mother and how she had always kept an immaculately clean house. And he went into all the details about how they had this routine that right after dinner, his mom would get up and clean every square inch. And she never went to bed with dishes in the sink and on and on and yada, yada. And Noah, who was down below me, I thought he wasn't listening to a word. And all of a sudden, he piped in, Well, our house is always a mess. <laughs> and everyone around started laughing. And I started laughing and thought, I could cry in this moment of this non peaceful Mother's Day church, or I can just laugh at it. And in that moment, I chose to laugh. And we have some guests on the podcast today who are going to teach us how to do that better and more often how to use humor as a coping tool in motherhood. And they have their own motherhood podcast called Family Looking Up. It's three best friends, Camille, Beth, and Andrea, and they're known for making their listeners laugh with their signature sense of humor and their tales of the insanity of motherhood. I'm so excited to have them on. And hopefully, we'll get a few laughs from their interview today. So, welcome, family looking up, ladies.
1: Woo! Thank you. Hello, awesome.
0: <laughs> hi. It's so good to have all of you on three at once. That's that is a record for three and thirty. Three guests at the same time. Oh, three mm-hmm.
2: guests and three takeaways in thirty minutes. Yeah. At least we yeah. set a record somewhere.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I was on your podcast a few months ago, and what I loved about it was we talked about adoption, which is a pretty serious conversation. And we had our serious moments, but we were still able to laugh through the interview. And I got off the call and I just felt like I'd had lunch with a bunch of old friends. (laughs) And that's what I hear people say about your podcast is they feel like they're your friends. They're right there in the conversation with you. And I know people just love your sense of humor. And you guys are real life friends living in the same small town, right? We really yes. are. I don't know yes. if we're friends. Or not. We do live in the same small town.
2: <laughs> we love getting together and laughing at each other. Yeah. It is so fun. It is yeah. fun.
0: And how many kids do you have between you? 15. 15 Sheesh. kids.
2: 15. We you. added a new one last month, so we had to recount. Yeah, I, that's I what like my... I like
0: you say we...
1: We, yes, it was, anyway. it was
0: a team effort. Well, we all
1: decided that some wedding did to have another baby. We wanted to get it to, up to 15, and we drew straws, and Beth lost. So, <laughs> so she, she lost. had another baby.
0: <laughs> so Beth had another baby. So 15 yeah. kids, lots of wisdom between you. Oh, yeah. That's debatable, but yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's probably pretty instinctive for you ladies to have humor in your motherhood. I mean, it seems like you're naturally very, um, like you find the joy and the laughter in life? Or is that something that you've had to learn how to do?
1: I think everybody, to some extent, has to learn that. I think that if you're raised in a home where your parents um, understand that, then it's a lot easier Mm -hmm. because you're raised in that way. Um, But I, I, I mean, some people are born with this naturally happy ability, but I think that most of us, you know, it's a skill or a muscle that you have to grow and develop and Mm -hmm. it takes practice and learning in order to do that.
0: Yeah. Well, and I loved when I asked you to talk about this on the podcast, I said, and please teach us how, not just that it's important to have humor and to find the humor and the joy of motherhood, but how to do it. Because sometimes that is stinking hard when you're in the middle of a mess or a tantrum or all of these things that we face every day so let's just go ahead and start with our takeaways and since there's three of you we get to have a cool format today where each of you is going to present one takeaway for the audience so we're going to start with andrea giving us our first takeaway about how to find humor in motherhood
3: all right and my first takeaway is to accept the challenge and i want to give a little background about this a little background about me actually so growing up, my dad always had a ridiculous story that he would tell us when we were complaining. And we've all been in that situation where we're in the car and the kids are starting to get hungry and tired and they're complaining, I'm hungry, I want to stop. And anytime we did that, he would say, well, I have a story for you. And in this story, it is of a cowboy and an old, wise Native American chief.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And the cowboy and Native American chief are walking along in the desert. And the cowboy says, I'm so thirsty. And the wise Native American chief in his broken English says, me no thirsty. And the cowboy keeps walking and they walk and they walk and they walk and the cowboy says, I'm so thirsty. And the wise chief says, me no thirsty. And that's happened several times. And finally in the distance, they see a lake and the cowboy goes running up to it. And the Native American chief goes up and the cowboy says I'm so thirsty and the Native American chief says now me thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> and of course we hated this story. But and did you just you know hate it cuz he
0: would tell it over and over?
3: <laughs> oh yeah, every time we start complaining he'd tell this same story to us. And you know that I tell my kids that same story so as soon as they as soon as they start complaining I say let me tell you a fun story oh my about gosh. no thirsty. <laughs> but the thing is, it really works. Like instantly they stop complaining because it doesn't do any good to complain about your situation. I mean, you have if you're in a situation where you don't have water, complaining about it's not going to make it any better. Mm. And I've kind of applied that same mentality to a lot of things that I do and I've had to apply it in motherhood also. And I think most women go into to motherhood or I I think they do, kind of like me. You go in naively and you think, I've got this. You know, every other mother's doing it and it looks so cute when you hold your baby and it's so great. And then the first time that baby's crying all night, you're thinking, I did not sign up for this. This was not how I pictured motherhood. You really have to wake up all night long. Hmm. Who designed that plan? That's a stupid plan. That's a terrible plan. (laughs) So... Um, I've kind of had to have that same mentality of where I can make a choice. And that's kind of my specific takeaway. Uh, And Molly Claire, one of our guests, emphasized this idea to me that we have a choice in everything you do. So when it's a situation where I'm just not happy about it, I start listing my choices. Okay, I could completely neglect my kids. But, you know, social services might come would be a consequence. (laughs) Or Mm -hmm. I could go hide in the bedroom, and sometimes I take that choice. That's a really good choice a lot of times. But a lot of times your choice is, I could just laugh at this situation. And that's kind of what I've um, chosen to do most of the time is just think, well, where is the humor in this situation? Should I take a picture of it? Should I post about it? But crying, that choice generally doesn't make me feel any better And so I choose to laugh about it. Uh, Another thing that I've kind of learned from there, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Jim Rohn, the motivational speaker. No. Well, Jim Rohn, he's a wise man, said. He's never motivated, (laughs)
0: Rachel. You need no motivation. Is he he a wise Indian chief?
3: (laughs) He's a wise man. Uh, He said, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with.
0: Okay. Um, so, I've I've heard that. I just didn't know it was Jim Rohn.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I've heard it quite a bit. Several people have quoted it. So, I mean, basically, I've also chosen to surround myself with people that find things funny. My favorite thing to do is to hang out with my girlfriends and laugh at what's going on, laugh at the funny things that that motherhood has brought to us instead of crying. And so, I think that has also helped as I say, okay, we've got this challenge of motherhood. And I choose to be happy about it.
2: Okay. So going along with Andrea, um, we accept the challenge of motherhood. We accept that we're going to be changing diapers. We accept we're going to be up at night. And along all that acceptance, we are going to fail and we are going to fail and fail and fail and fail in everything that we're doing. And so my takeaway is to just embrace the failure. So Winston Churchill, a good friend of mine (laughs) said, success is the ability to go from one failure to another with no loss of enthusiasm. And I really love that. I feel like that describes motherhood perfectly. All I'm doing every day of my life is just going from one failure to the next (laughs) and really trying to stay excited about it. So that is my takeaway is to just embrace the failure and I think it's so much more fun to be a mom when you can laugh about it instead of feeling depressed about it all the time. So, on the 4th of July, my five year old, he's gonna be six next month, had to use the restroom. And so, we were walking around trying to find a porta potty.
1: In the middle of a huge crowd oh, oh, during yeah. the parade, oh, right? The whole yeah. town was yeah. here.
2: <laughs> and I l- turned around to just make sure he was still by me, and he was there peeing in a bush. And I was like, ah. Oh. so, you know, I turned around like a good mom and pretend I didn't see it. And then he came up to me. I was like, oh, Caden, where were you? He's like, don't worry. I found a bush. And I was just like, oh, dang it. And that's a real fail, I would say. <laughs> but I just embraced like that is actually hilarious. I mean, I'm happy he didn't pee his pants. So if we can just embrace that instead of feeling like, We are just, I mean, if I felt like a failure every time something like that happened, literally there would be 30 seconds in the day that I was actually successful because they're always (laughs) doing ridiculous things like that all day. And so one thing that I want to encourage people to do, if you are someone that is capable of doing this, next time you're in a group setting and people are talking about parenting and, you know, your daily life and you're looking around, you see all the moms there with their kids with beautiful hair and perfect clothes and they're, potluck meal they brought was just so much better than yours instead of just feeling like you are failing and everything you're doing is wrong share one of your failures and laugh about it and encourage everyone to do the same I feel like if we're always living in a perfect social media world we really do feel like we're just failing all Mm -hmm. the time but if we I mean we know that every you know that those moms with perfect hair were holding that kid down and she was screaming and the mom was screaming and (laughs) hair ties were breaking like in our heads we know what's happening but no one's admitting it So I think we should just try to just laugh at it and accept it. And we're not talking about fails like your kids in prison and on drugs or I don't know, whatever. We're just talking about those funny everyday doing hair, potty training fails. And if you're not someone that can share something like that in a group setting, then next time you have a real big fail, call a close friend or your sister or your mom or something and just share that fail with them and let them laugh with you and stop Feeling like a failure and just laugh about it. You've accepted this challenge of motherhood and let's just have fun with it instead of feeling depressed about it all the time.
0: Oh, yeah. And I feel like that those become the best stories and we all know that, that those mom fail moments become the best stories later down the road. And if we can just think of them as great stories in the moment, like this is so ridiculous and it's going to be such a great story to my kids are going to talk about this for years to come, you know, then that can help us to keep perspective in the moment. Yes. Those are what our kids, talk about later on when they're making fun of us like let's give them some things to make fun of us for totally and i was thinking about when you said that about your son peeing in the bush and you pretending not to see him that triggered my me immediately to memory i mean it's not a memory that i have cuz i was too young but a story that my mom tells of she had my sister and me in the craft store and when we were little and we were being all rowdy and everything and she had us right up next to her at the register and she was writing a check and all of a sudden, she heard this loud ruckus, and everybody looked, turned, and looked. And she hadn't realized that we had wandered away, and we were all the way down the aisle at the very back of the store, and we were brawling with each other at the back of the <laughs> store, like knock, and we like knocked over a display and all this. And she just like looked down the line and saw it, and everyone was like, "Ugh." And one lady was like, where is, where are those Whose kids? kids mother? Are those? <laughs> where is the? Mother?
1: She
0: was like, seriously. And she just like finished writing her check. And then she said she walked out of the store and then she circled back around and like, and came up the back and just grabbed us and yanked <laughs> us out of there. And that's become like a family legacy story. That's so funny yes. that we talk about and we laugh about.
3: Yes. That's so perfect. Those stories become family folklore. And I think that they actually bind the family year when it's far enough down the road that you can start laughing about it. I do think they are binding stories for families.
0: And like in that case, it, it shows that a little sibling rivalry fighting is fine. It's normal. You know, so as a mom now, when I look back, when I look at my kids brawling, I'm like, oh, I did that with my sisters. Like, it's going to be fine. Yes. (laughs)
1: Yes. <laughs> There's something so endearing about when someone's able to just laugh at themselves. It really, you know, it's funny that we avoid it so much. It's funny that we really don't want to do it <laughs> in our heart when actually I think that it makes people like us more. Yeah. Uh, when we're willing to just tell these great stories on ourselves, you know, and oh, and have absolutely. a great laugh. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. one of my favorite segments that I heard on your show once was I never thought I'd say that (laughs) where you shared quotes of things you never thought that you would say out loud but moments with your kids and I was listening to it while I was doing my dishes and I was laughing out loud at some of the because I totally relate because I've said the same things one of them was I don't care if your brother is a hostage you cannot tie him up and whip him (laughs) (laughs) Like so great. you know, just embrace it, accept it, and even to write down those quotes from your kids because I forget them so fast. You think you'll never forget them, but it, you have to write down those moments, the quotes you said and
1: that your kids said too. Yes, that make yeah. you laugh. Okay. And then what's your third takeaway, Camille? So I'm talking about laughing through it um through this process. and my my takeaway is, to find the fun in the dysfunctional of everyday life. <laughs> Do you see that, Rachel? You're an see? English teacher. Fun. Fun, fun dysfunctional. dysfunctional. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. That was clever, huh? Um, anyway, so. Um, <laughs> I didn't get it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad Beth clarified that because yeah. I didn't get it. No, it's clever. Okay. It was my husband. Full disclosure. Okay. But anyway, you know, we we have to be able to see the ridiculous in the story of every day and we, every day for us is going to be dysfunctional because we're dealing with little beings, we're dealing with other people, we're dealing with checkout, um, you know, people at the grocery store, we're dealing with all sorts of situations and they are all going to be imperfect. And so, you know, it's like I was talking about before when I said this takes practice. I don't think that anyone's born with the ability to just do it perfectly um, from the beginning. But as we practice looking for the funny in all of these imperfect situations, it's going to become easier and easier and easier for us to see the funny. Mm-hmm. And um, we, uh, I, I have this great quote from one of my favorite quotes of all time from Marjorie Pay Hinckley. And it is the only way to get through life is to laugh your way through it. You, you either have to laugh or cry. I prefer to laugh. Crying gives me a headache. <laughs> uh, I love that quote because I agree. I hate crying. It gives me a headache. And, and there's so many situations where, you know, it really comes down to, are we going to laugh? Are we going to cry? Are we going to shrug our shoulders? How are we going to react? Are we just going to go into our cell phone and disappear and go numb? Or are we going to live these stories that are happening to us? Yeah. So how do we practice it? I think that we have to, um, in some way, find people that are good at this and experience it with them. I think that that's Mm -hmm. very helpful. Um, I was blessed with a mom who was a genius at this. She was um, just amazing. And she had so many trials in her life. She could have been very bitter. She could have been really sad all the time. She was in a wheelchair for 30 years. Um, But she chose laughter instead. And so I grew up watching that. And just a couple of really quick examples, you know, right after she had me, she had put on a lot of weight, like many women do when they have their fifth child. And she went to the doctor and the doctor was this very stern, very slim, very proper man. And he had her get on the scale and he began to chastise her for gaining weight. Ew, I don't mm. like
3: that guy. no, i
1: I didn't I wasn't a fan. But anyway, I think that most women in that situation would have started crying, like right then and there. Oh, yeah. And she was feeling very upset. She was feeling all of these things, but instead, she looked at him and with a very straight face, she quoted scripture and said, the serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. And this doctor, I mean, his chin starts to quiver, you know, as he's trying so hard not to laugh. And he finally breaks down and starts laughing, and she left, and it was one of the best stories ever. And and she was able to say, you know, clearly this is a ridiculous situation. I just had a baby. This guy's never had a baby. You know, am I going to let him bring me down, or am I just going to, you know, say something ridiculous back? Um, Another example of when she was taking care of her father who was old and had gotten um, dementia. That's a really hard situation. That's terrible. You know, there's really not much funny when you're dealing with an aging parent who is dying, Um, but she found funny and that was an acceptable thing in, in the culture that she grew up in. And so, you know, one day she went over to visit him and he was staring at this calendar that had... Um, football players on it and he looked really upset and she said dad what's wrong and he said this stupid game isn't ever showing the score (laughs) (laughs) and she told that story again and again and the and the thing that she said was I cannot wait until I see dad in heaven and tell him the things that he said he is going (laughs) to laugh so hard Mm -hmm. and I remembered that I took care of my mom my mom and my dad have both passed away now and I I was their caregiver and I remembered that And there were so many things that they said that I can't wait to tell them. They're going to laugh. But I think that, you know, as we interact with either family members or friends that have learned this, it really is a wonderful thing to be able to see stories through their eyes. Um, Mm -hmm. I remember when I got married to my husband, I've had a lot of people in my life say, oh, you exaggerate. Oh, you make the stories better than they really were. And my husband, after we'd been married for a little while, he said, you know, Camille, the thing is, is that you actually see it in technicolor. You, you're not seeing it in black and white or gray. You're seeing it in these really vivid colors and you're retelling what you saw. Mm, I and love that. I think that that's an important thing to, you know, to be able to see it through someone's eyes who's seeing it in that way helps us to be able to see Oh, that actually was a funny thing. And I can see how that was funny. And when my husband and I got married, you know, he would get really uh, stressed out about a situation. And I'd say, you know, you're not you're not seeing it right. Is this going to make a good story? Mm. If this is going to make a good story, then we are all good. You know, the car breaking down or this crazy cashier or whatever thing has happened to us we can make this into a great story. And so it's totally worth it to go through it. (laughs) And so, you know, as I've gone through motherhood, I've just learned that um, as you go through these hard situations, as they're coming at you, whether it be colic or whatever it is, ask yourself, is this going to make a great story? Because if it is, I can totally go through it. It's worth it.
0: Mm, That is That is profound. And I think something that you can use in the moment, think, is this going to make a great story? As well as I love that tip to find a role model or a mentor, someone who lives this way and to spend time around them and to sort of imitate them to learn how to do it yourself.
1: Yeah. That's what I did with my mom. It was a great thing to be tutored at her feet. Yeah. Well, thank you. Those are some really
0: doable Practical tips for how we can find more humor and um, ability to cope in the hard times in motherhood. <laughs> true. This is a coping mechanism. It really is. I
2: feel like some people call it a talent. No, it is purely coping because I can't afford any more prescriptions. So <laughs> <Yeah>. it's
0: like, <laughs> or therapy. <And> I felt <laughs> like, <laughs> or- yeah, when I was writing the title, I'm like, thinking like how to use humor or how to find humor in motherhood or different things and I'm like no it's like actually using it as a tool in motherhood to get through it and to get through the day-to-day and I know you ladies do that so well and I'm grateful that you have this podcast that's bringing more humor into mom's lives every day as they listen and join in laughing with you so tell everyone where they can find your podcast
3: You can find our podcast on any major podcast carriers. Just look up Family Looking Up, or you can go to our website, which is familylookingup.com.
0: Perfect. And I will link to that in the show notes as well as link to the episode that I did on your show if people are interested in hearing that. Yeah, we love that. That'd be great. Okay. Have a great day, ladies. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, thanks you too. That was a delightful interview for me to record. I got some great gems of wisdom as well as some really good laughs, and I hope that all of you did as well. So to recap the three takeaways for how to use humor as a coping tool in motherhood, first, accept the challenge of motherhood for what it is and recognize that complaining or whining about it or about difficult situations with uh, in motherhood will not make them any easier, will not make them go away. Instead, list your choices and recognize that you're not a victim and that you do have lots of different choices in each situation that you can take. One of those choices is to laugh. You may not be able to choose that every single time, but it is a choice that you always have. The second takeaway is to embrace your failures by sharing them Writing them down and recognizing that the stories of these little failures that may feel big and hard and annoying in the moment, those stories are really going to become family folklore. I love that term that they used in there. Um, The family folklore that will bind your family together and you'll all laugh about these stories in the future. If you can remember that in the moment, it can make motherhood a lot more fun and bearable. And third, find the fun in the dysfunctional. by imitating those people in your life who have a talent for this and I loved Camille talked about her mom who had a great talent for this so find good people and friends who are able to find the fun and dysfunctional and try to be around them and to imitate them so with those three takeaways I hope that we all can be happier more joyful mothers this week I wanted to ask at the end of this episode that if you have not already, could you please leave a review for the podcast on iTunes? I don't ask this every single episode because I really want every minute of the 30 minutes to be devoted to you, helping you and giving you tools. But every few months I will just put a general call out to say, if you haven't done that, if you're new here, if you're loving the podcast, It would mean so much to me if you would hop on iTunes and leave a review. That's how new listeners find me. That's how potential future sponsors see that the podcast is making a difference to families and it's something that they want to invest in. It really is so important and I read every single one and love reading them. At the time of this recording, there are 584 reviews of the podcast, which is so mind-blowing to me. Thank you. And I would love if we could get up to 600 this week. So if there's 16 of you out there who haven't reviewed the podcast that would be willing to, just go to the Purple Podcast app on your iPhone. You can also do this from a computer if you don't have the app on your phone. I appreciate it so much. I appreciate all the sharing that you've been doing of the podcast please pass this on to a friend who makes you laugh who may need a reminder that we're all in this together and I hope that you have a great week making memories and memorable stories with your children